0: Luchim Abayim M'shem Hashem, Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shear. This Wednesday night, we are embarking on the holy special day of Yiralef Nissan. A day which the world took its that Well, let's call it a change. A change to the world, an improvement to the world. Sometimes, not some, but many times, a person is born... A person goes through their lifetime. They live their life. The 70, 80, 90, 100 years. They're blessed with longevity. And then, they go the way of our fathers. But oddly enough, they don't leave a legacy. Nobody remembers them. If somebody rem- remembers them, it's not for any good reason, any, any kind of reason at all. They came, they went. They were in shul. They were the eleventh person every day. They weren't the first. They didn't go to the mikvah every day. They didn't give a she'er. They weren't a great chazan. Yeah. Ten years down the line. Remember that guy? I remember him, yeah. It's the outside today. Oh, Never. That guy. Why? That guy didn't make an impression on the world. a Eshama is sent down into this world for seventy, eighty years, and give it a mission. On that mission, they need to make an impression on the world. Everyone has a way to make their impression on the world. Yir Aleph Nissen, 113 years ago, we merited the birth of our Rebbe. I have it.
1: picture
0: it. on the book
1: here
0: the <coughs> The story of the birth of the Rebbe, Slav, this or that, whatever. All the years, and all the things, and all the happenings, the Rebbe was known as a prodigy from infantile on, his father Ablai was a very big Kabbalist, but more than that, he was respected by everybody. Jews and non-Jews alike. Amongst the... chachmas, Which he was famous for... Was math. He was a very famous mathematician. In Russia... In those countries actually... Math is a very, 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 very big thing. They'd rather have a mathematician than a doctor. And I remember even as a child, when the boys came from Russia, Siddhisheh boys were learning together with us in Yeshiva. They struggled with language, they struggled with this, they struggled with that. When it came to math, they would laugh. We were learning algebra, we were learning geometry, we were learning trigonometry. So they were 10 years old, 11 years old, they were doing this. And, and you know, you, you couldn't even... You, you say, all right, you're pulling our leg, you're joking. They weren't. They did a job, they did a number. Teacher gave them work, and, and it was done like a... The teacher had to look and ask, how did you do that sometimes? We were taught geometry with theories, with theorems, with backs and forth, and up, and up. They looked at an example. Right angle, a, 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 a triangle, a, 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 a hypothesis, a, this, a yes, a I. Right? they did one, two, three, they did the whole thing. A gilacht. Leblayvik was known for his Prowers and math, and there was time, There were times that professors of universities would come to visit a Blavik <coughs> to discuss certain math problems. Now there was one such incident that, ever being a young child, overheard the conversation. And went off to his side and immediately scribbled on a piece of paper the solution to the problem and handed it to his father. His father was standing with these big professors and everybody, this child giving him a paper. He took the paper, put it in his pocket. <coughs> look at it later. Later, when he took it out to look at it, he realized that the Rebbe had written the solution to this problem. So here Ab known a known mathematician, known by everyone for his mathematical prowess, was not stumped by his son, not stunted by his son, but not even shown up. His son didn't show him up. His son took for granted what the problem was and put it together. The Rebbe, for many years, didn't fabreng on his birthday. When the Rebbe began the campaign, the Rebbe on his birthday, said a mime on his birthday. And the Rebbe also was very, very enthusiastic about people Celebrating their birthdays. They ever felt this is a very important thing? They ever felt that people need to understand, they need to know how to take stock, they need to know how to look back. and read, reflect on their past year, and ultimately build for their next year. This is a job that a person has really every day. A person has to look each day, what did I do today? What did I accomplish today? What do I need to accomplish tomorrow? So this week, Baruch Hashem, we have Shabbos, Friday, we are celebrating yud the Rebbe's 113th birthday. Chesidim will be going out on Mitzayim. On Thursday they're going to have a, a tank parade, because Friday is a short day. So on Thursday there's going to be a very big tank parade here in New York. There'll be a tank parade in Florida, there'll be a tank parade in Australia, be, all over the place there'll be tank parades. Mitzvah tanks will set up. And they will, lie, they will ride out of the center of Crown Heights in Mertz Hashem. They will pass Beis Chayenu 770 headquarters. And then they will go out to all different parts of New York. I'd like to mention, to thank the Mamunim, the organizers... If you got a phone call from my son and he bothered you about it, I apologize. But he didn't. My son called. He followed up and he, Baruch Hashem, merited to help out substantially to get collections. He was on the phone all night last night with Australia. I'm hearing from Anash in Australia, from Chabad in Australia. People giving Baruch Hashem donations. To help on this worthy cause, I'm not sure how many tanks are going out, but I'm sure it's a substantial amount. But it's quite a sight to see. This Shabbos is called Shabbos Hagodol. And also this Shabbos will be reading Pashas Acharei Mois. Hence so you need to discuss today a little bit of Acharei Mois. We need to discuss Hilchas Pesach, some facts about the Seder, halachas about the Seder, and a few things to say by the Seder. After all, the idea to say this, he got to the to tell your child. An interesting question someone's asked me: four sons. The four sons ask questions. What if I have no sons? I have daughters. Hmm. And he got it to the Vinca means to your son. Is it important to tell my daughter as well? I met a few friends today. And um unfortunately I didn't merit to get anything out of them as far as the Seder is concerned. I wanted a good story, a good, a vote on the Haggadah. Nothing doing. Ironically, I got the same old jokes. Of the ignoramus, didn't know what to do by the Seder. They didn't know how to make a Seder. He told his wife, listen here, the We don't know how to make the Seder. Not you, nor I. The neighbors are Thomas Talmud Chokham. Our neighbor's a learned guy. Go look into the window by his house. See what they're doing. When they finish, you come back here, you report to me, and we'll make a Seder like they did. Wife, And Eishichael, agreed. She goes out. And she's looking in the window. And the husband asks for the wine. She can't find it. Where's my matzahs? Oh, they broke. Where's the karpas? It burnt. Everything he asked for, she wasn't complying. He finally lost his temper. And he grabbed his wife. And he started to teach her a lesson. Anyway, this poor lady is sitting by the window, observing how to do a Seder. What does she see? The husband asks the was. The wife says, answers wrongly, husband screams. And then finally, after a few times the husband screaming, he takes his wife and gives her a beating. Needless to say, (laughs) if this is how the saint is conducted, she's not going to report back to her husband with this. I'll convey. She comes home, he says, were well, you next door? And she stands there sheepishly with her hands crossed, with her face down. She doesn't answer. Did you look in the window or not? And she doesn't answer. Did you see what they were doing or not? And she doesn't answer. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, finally he gets so frustrated. He grabs his wife and starts shaking her. And she says, oh, stop, 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 stop. So, you do know what to do by the Seder. Why, are you st- why did you send me to look by them? Because he did the same thing that she and the other man was doing. No, so helped us. But for our Safari brethren, we have to tell the story of the Seder. In the, in the by the Makkas, the ten, the ten plagues, it enumerates the plagues in the Haggadah. Then, as Yehuda said, he gave it a sign. He gave it a something to remember it with. A siman. So they once asked a nice Taimani man Do you know why it says in the Haggadah that Rabbi Yehuda gives a siman a sign? And he said, Of course I know. You can't give makot without leaving a sign. Mm-hmm. They're not cold. They're not considered makot. Let us give a little bit of Paj Akhre today. Achrei Mais. Within the dinim, this is the reading of the Torah for Yom Kippur. Somebody have that problem. Where they read, they have to read the beginning of the Pasha and uh, they have to remain to the regular weekday trump, the weekday um, tune, regular year tune, instead of the the Yom Kippur tune. It's much more, uh, it sounds holier than the Yom Kippur tune. The Aveida Yom Kippur. The devotions, the garments, the Kayagogl going into the Holy of Holies. Before, though, a sacrifice is brought, when a person is bringing a sacrifice to repent for his sins. The Torah tells us before the king goddel Or anyone brings any kind of carbon they have to do vidui Vidui is an interesting process Vidui is where the person will put his hands on the head of the animal and will confess his sins, the confession. After confessing his sins, this sacrifice is brought up. When it comes to the Vido, Rambam writes, the Rambam, the man of his rights, kolamizvah the bedvarem, v'le gomar belibe, la azev, haris the day mil the table v'sharis biyali. A person it <coughs> <that> says <coughs> <coughs> confession of his sins, but in his heart does not resolve to stop doing the sin. He is in comparison to someone that goes to the mikveh to purify himself but holds a sharetz a dead animal in his hand and thereby becoming immediately tamay again. Shuvah has several parts to it. One is of course charata al regret for what the person did. And then is to make a resolution that this won't happen again. Now everybody knows that happens in school all the time. They ask the children, are you going to do this again? You didn't do it? You, you promised? Yeah, okay, we're going to forgive you this time. But remember, don't do it again. So, it has a, uh, a place in education as well. As long as you know he's not going to do it again, he's okay. When it comes to repentance, to truva, the very same thing is in, applies. <coughs> a person that sins... They have to regret what they did, and they have to have resolution in the future, it won't happen again. If, says Rambam, a person says, yeah, yeah, I regret it, I regret it, I regret it, but deep down in his heart he does not, so much so that he has no problem repeating it again, it's like someone trying to become pure, but holding something impure in his hand. What is the comparison of these things? The Vidri, the Confession, therefore has a status of one that's immersing in the waters. However, since the person made this confession, but did not mean it, it does not do anything for him. It helps, it does not help. Because the sin that shed it is still in his hand. So in that case, what's the confession all about? What confession is he doing here? He's just giving, as we say in America, lip service. He's just enunciating something. He's just saying a few words and that's it. There's no value to it. He has no regrets on the sin. (laughs) Therefore, he may as well not even go into the water. As far as it's concerned, he doesn't even have to immerse himself into waters. He's not doing any kind of purification. He's not doing anything to elevate himself. The wording of the vidui, the wording of the Confession, although it's only an outside, an outwardly thing, and it could be even, it's in total opposite to what really is thinking inside himself. But there is still a point to it. It still has a certain value. The nature of a person is when they say something, but their heart means something else, the person gets slightly flustered. A person that doesn't mean what they're saying gets flustered. You can see on the person there's not there's something wrong here. And you can see they're not comfortable with what they just said. So there is an opinion that this fact that they are flustered at this moment serves to rectify his actions. It's a push towards the concept of Tshuva. Obviously not a complete repentance, because a complete repentance if you leave entirely doing the sin. But the fact that within you, you feel that you're contradicting yourself when you're saying something, and you really are contradictory to what you really mean, that in itself is in essence a step in the right direction. And therefore, we refer to it as hat Because the truth of the matter is, by saying that the repent, you want to tell me this repentance is worthless, don't give it any credence. By referring to this, as if the person actually immersed himself in the holy waters... Even though he did something immediately thereafter, which retracts what he just did. But for a moment, immersing in the waters, he, he, he did something. There was an action. But if you're telling me that the person that says confession, but doesn't mean it, is worthless then don't refer to it as the Chachila that he went and immersed himself in water. Refer to it as a person that simply made believe that they were repenting. But since we say, know that they were table, that we do say that they immersed themselves in water. Because when they confess, when they say these words, even though they have not yet repented from their sin. It does have something to it. It has a substantiality to it. It's a step in the direction of Tshuva. And therefore it's considered as if they actually tabled. It doesn't help. Because they didn't do the right thing. They didn't finish. They didn't follow through. <coughs> but in essence they did it. I want to turn focus more on Pesach. Let's start at the beginning of the Haggadah. the mitzrayim We were slaves to Pari in Egypt. But very, very strangely this paragraph turns into a very almost a fiasco here. The Elu and if it would have been hates the as had it come to pass that the Almighty would not have taken the Jews out of Egypt, our forefathers, Harianu, we, Uvanu and our children, and our grandchildren, Mishibadim, you know the Fadib Mitzayim, would still be slaves. Wow. Wow. That's quite severe. If you look in the history books, if you look on the map today, if you look at anything you want, that superpower of Egypt has long diminished. That Bari has long been eradicated. Whether it be by the Jews or anybody else, but the bottom line is they no longer exist. They're not a superpower today, Egypt. How would you then for say that we would still be in Egypt? There is no Egypt. There's an Egypt. But of what's that what, what level? And not only are you telling that we'd still be there, but the generations would always be there. The mere fact that we're saying that we would still be there, person, there's an obligation a person has, for those keeping track at home, Mishnayis Pesachim, Perek Yud Mishnahei. And the Mishnah says, (laughs) A person has an obligation to see himself each day as he is leaving Egypt. So, if I don't see my personal redemption on a daily basis, then you can perhaps tell me that I am still a Gullus Jew. I am a Jew of exile. I am a Jew subservient to my Egyptian, or to my exile, whatever exile it might be. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Why Bono, Banenu? How did they get this merit? Also, I have an obligation to see myself every day going out of Egypt. But how does it put everybody else into it? Also, it seems the way to explain this major foundation, the fundamental of the Jewish nation, of our existence, and the existence of our Torah. First we have to understand, it's simple, that the freedom from the land of Egypt, is not just a physical essence that we left Egypt. But more importantly, and most importantly, it's a spiritual essence. We left the impurities of Egypt. For what? So that we could go accept and receive the Torah on Sinai. And receiving the Torah, we could then in turn serve the Almighty. And therefore, the Haggadah tells us, when is a person, a free person, (coughs) only if his children follow in his ways. If they go in the way of Torah, then the person looks and feels the concept of Kedrus, Of freedom, and the person could say, Yes, and the person could say, I am free. Because my restrictions not only did not restrict me, they don't restrict my generations either. If, however, Rachmaneletzlan, the children are still in Golas, your children are in exile, and your children are not following the ways Rachmaneletzlan of Teder, and not following the path of our fathers, We've lost. It's all about the children. No matter how many people want to tell you it's all about the money, it's all about the children. What we do for our children, or the other way around rather, what a father, what a parent can do for a child, ten children cannot do for a parent. But the fact of the matter is, bottom line, we need to see to it that we educate our children, and we implement within them a strong foundation so that they continue carrying the flame, carrying the torch of our teda. And therefore he adds, not just our children, our grandchildren. The education of the children have to be such a level with such devotion that the children know that they have to educate their own children. The Gemara tells us for those keeping score at home Baba Metziah Peihei Amit Beis, 85, site 2. Gemara says a very profound gemara. Koz shehu Talmud Chacham. Whoever is a Talmud Chocham. U'binei Talmud Chacham, And his son is a Talmud Chocham. U'ben binei Talmud Chacham, And his grandson is a Talmud Chacham. Shuv eiteirep eisekes mizare li the tater will never leave his generation, will never leave his family. That's why the Agoda says, not just us, not just our children, but b'nei, b'nei no. If God forbid we would still stay with this concept of Egypt, the restrictions of exile, so too will be our children and so too will be our grandchildren. We will never build it up to a level. For the children's and grandchildren's freedom depends on ours. And if a person doesn't put down a strong foundation, then they still find themselves, God forbid, in dollars. I had this week the occasion, I have many holidays for many, many years now, I'd like to thank uh, Fai Vish Pevzna should live and be well, God should bless him with health, health and wealth nachas from his children which I'm seeing something that he showed me this week which shows the true nachas that he's truly having Baruch Hashem and his being Vice President of Operations of AmeriCare he sees to it that I come out every Yom Tif to talk to all his Jewish employees. And not only do I come, but he sees to it that I don't come empty-handed. This week for Pesach, we distributed a bottle of wine and a kezayis of matzah. They make individually packed a matzah, which is exactly the size of a kezayis. And each person got one of these, some of the officers I gave two, so that they could have, on say their night, a Kazayas of Matsushmura. And as I was sitting there, they have three different locations, so I have to go to three different places. And I guess my OCD doesn't allow me to repeat myself three times. I could technically, I'm going to three different locations, they don't talk to each other, all these people. (coughs) I could say the same speech in each place, and get away with it. But the chances are 92% that I would fall asleep in the middle of the second time. And that would not look good. So, in order to keep myself alert and not bored, I say something different in each place. I'm doing this for many many years as I said and I know all the people, they know me and every so often we're waiting for other people to come so we have a shmooze so I let them one of the shmoozes that we had once many years ago, I let it come back to bite them I said tell me I asked them once, tell me Did your parents speak Yiddish in Russia? They said no, but they understood Yiddish. The Baba spoke Yiddish. The Zayda spoke Yiddish. Our grandparents. And did you speak it? No. Did you understand it? Not really. When the Baba and the Zayda wanted to talk about something, they spoke in Yiddish. Aha. Tell me, you speak Russian of course how about your children do they speak Russian they were born here in America Uh, yeah most of them what about their children they understand but they won't speak it aha I told them it's something that I Missed out in my lifetime. I probably will remain that as such. God should bless me with another 50, 60 years of life. Or Moshiach should come soon today. And we should have Chaim Nitzkim. It's something that I highly, highly doubt will ever happen. And never did happen. (laughs) And it's to the chagrin of many, many people that they can't understand how it's possible that I did such a thing. I never saw a fiddle on the roof. But I asked, did anyone here see it? They all saw it. Everybody, no matter where I went, they saw it. So what did you get? You can't put that in the fridge. Put it in the fridge? No. Why did you take, well, give me one word. One word to describe What you got for Fiddle on the Roof? Everybody gives one blast. One word, tradition. Tradition. In every language, it sounds and rings the same way. Tradition. So I showed them, I said, Slyushne, listen. If your Russian language... Your mother tongue, you spoke it at home. Your parents spoke it to you. And you tried to speak it to your children. But it no longer has the continuity. It's no longer being continued. It's no longer going on in your families, in your generation. The Russian language is being lost. This is your strongest... Focal point, the strongest proof of how important it is to keep tradition going. If you don't have a Pesach Seder, a Passover Seder, your children might have been by one, but your grandchildren never will and never will know how or what. And then, God forbid, who knows where that goes. Did I inspire them? I don't know. I hope so. But this is what the Balagoda is telling us. uvenenu <laughs> It is imperative. Not just, not just the message has to be told to your child. But bear in mind that your child needs to know it and hear it in a way and in a level to love it, to cherish it, so they too will see to it that they give it to their children. And not rely on the Zaydi of our children to do it. You can look up Moshe Yes's song, Zaydi made us laugh. The Seder. The story is told to Shnores. In the olden days, if you were Nebuchadnezzar, you walked the streets and collected with whatever, whatever partner you can get. And you would sometimes find a Jewish shnara and a non-Jewish Nara collecting alms together. Well, Pesach was around the corner. And the Jewish Nara told the non-Jewish one about this wonderful holiday. And he said to him, the food is amazing, it's magnificent. Come join us. Come, you got to get yourself into a Jewish Seder. The Jews are very, very good about this. They invite anybody in the shul. Nobody will go home without leaving all, any guests in the shul. So come, you'll stand with me in shul. You'll get invited to a Seder. You'll have a blast. No. The Jew and the guy show up, say the night. No. Careful, they have a lot of papers in them. And um, the guy puts a keeper on, probably, sitting in the back of the shool. And everybody takes home a guest. The Jew goes to one house and the guy to another. And they made up, you know what, after the Seder, we'll meet by this and this park bench. no Seder was amazing magnificent the food as we know I'm sure the luck of this Jew he went to a family that doesn't keep the uh, stringency of of Gibraks and he had matzah balls in his soup as well and his Seder was fantastic and he comes to the park and he meets Ivan he says, No, Ivan, Gavari, speak to me. How was your Seder? He says, you guys are my shiger. He says, Why? What happened? Seder? You're crazy. What'd you do this to me for? What happened? Speak to me, Ivan. He says, I came in from shul. And they all started to sing. Kadesh. I don't know what they were singing. Then and they sang and they sang and they sang. They said, Can we eat? And everybody got a cup of wine. And everybody was holding the cup of wine. I took the cup of wine and I was drinking. They said, No, 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 no! no wait, 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 wait! So they recited a prayer, and when they finished the prayer. They all sat down to drink. I sat down and I gulped my gum down. It was great. Okay, so. I figured. It's an appetizer. A cup of wine opens up your appetite. No, nope. I'll wait. Ready to eat now. They took out the. Round crackers. They said, Okay, let's see how that tastes. But they didn't eat it. They took one out and they cracked it in half. And nobody ate it. They put it in a bag. This is for later. No, still not eating. Then they brought a piece of onion. A raw piece of onion. They dipped it in salt water. They gave me a small piece. I said, ah, listen, give me a little bit more. He said, No, 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 it's all eaten." up. Oh, this is getting wilder. They filled up the second cup. And I grabbed my cup to drink it. They said, No, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. And they started to read from a book, and they read, and they read, and they read, and they read, and, they sing and they're singing and talking and they're ready I said, Hello, the food is smelling, it's burning. <coughs> Wait. Finally they finished reading the book and they all picked up the second cup of wine and said, Oh whoa, 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 and they made a blessing, I drank the wine. Okay, two cups of wine, fine. Now let's eat. They stand up and they go to wash their hands. Well, they brought their hand wash whatever they wash their hands. And we get a piece of the cracker. Hard cracker almost broke my teeth. And I eat and they said no 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 more 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 you have to eat more I'm choking give me them the drink no keep eating you know how to talk I had to eat a, I don't know how much all in one mouthful I finally barely swallowed it and they give me these two sticks white sticks I said oh, this looks like an interesting vegetable They say, okay, you got to eat them both, and you got to eat them fully, so let's do it quickly. It has to be eaten within a certain amount of time. I took a bite into this stick, this chrein, this motor. I said, mamma mia. (laughs) I was on fire. My mouth, my brain, everything was frying. I said, that's enough. You guys are Meshigar. I jumped up, I ran out. I couldn't take any more. It just says, I, Ivan. You would wait another minute. Another minute you would add the meal. Truth is that the story is a parable. To our exile. The bitterness and the this and we're waiting and we're waiting, we get another sign, another hint, another sign. But the actual Mashiach is not here yet. tells us the message, hold on, hold on a little bit longer. Mashiach is coming. The day of Yisrael, the after A very, very, very powerful story. He went on Erev Pesach and he baked his matzahs. And he had a special pile of Erev Pesach Matzah sitting in a special, special corner of the room. His wife Terebetzin was busy parking in the kitchen and the doorbell rang. It was collectors, they were collecting money for they were collecting food for the poor people, they didn't have matzah. So the servant that, was, that answered the door turned around and saw a pile of matzah and they said, oh you need matzah? Yeah. And took the special matzahs that the Apterov baked that day, Erev Pesach, matzah's mitzvah, special holy, holy matzah's, and gave them away. A few minutes later, the Rebison came by and saw the pile of matzah's were gone. And she said, oi caramba. These are his special matzahs. How is he going to make a seder without these matzahs? Besides being special because they're baked erev Pesach, and meticulously so, he had all these special intentions, and all the special kavonis, that a tzaddik of his stature, has when he's baking his matzahs. Now all of a sudden it's gone. She had no choice. She took another pile of regular matzahs, and she put them in the same napkin. And she says, "You don't say. You don't say. You don't lie." The Aptorov came home, he made a Seder, he had a beautiful Seder and everything. After Passover, after Pesach, a couple came to the Aptorov. They had a problem with Shalom Bayez. He's screaming he wants a divorce. The Aptorov says, what did she do to you? We have different pots in the house. Some pots that we cook without shriya, without gibrocks, without matzahs in them or whatever. And some that are with, that we make matzah balls and everything else for those other people. I personally don't eat from the pots. I don't eat anything that's gibrocks. I asked her for me to cook in a pot that's not gibrocks. And she refused. I wanted I wanted the boss. The Abdu'Rev said, one minute. He called in his rabbits and he says, tell me the truth. What happened to my matzahs, here Pesach? And she didn't want to talk, she didn't want to say. He said, please, please, don't be shy. Say, it's important. So she told the story, how the servant gave away his Erev Pesach matzahs. And she put regular matzahs there. the Abdelub said my Arab Bezich Matzah she gave away I never made a mention of it I wouldn't have made a mention of it until today if you wouldn't have come to me and I didn't divorce her for it and I didn't fight, and we didn't scream we didn't have anything I didn't quarrel, quarrel about it for your Shiluya you don't have to get more stringent and the couple got back together and everything was peaceful. This is a very interesting halakhist that happened in Arab Pesach. People have to prepare themselves. How we prepare ourselves for Pesach?
1: <laughs>
0: everything should be prepared beforehand. People should sleep on Arab Pesach so that adults and children alike, so nobody's grouchy, grumpy, and, and, and I don't know what on Pesach. When it comes to the Sayyid, everybody should have strength. Um, everything should be prepared from by day. The salt water. Make sure everybody has cups, beckers.
1: What's
0: the, you eat? the meat, the chicken, the whatever is going to be has to be done. Huh? The you can eat comets? Yeah. I don't have this manum yet. I'll post them later. Um, A very interesting thing I saw here. When people learn with the children things that go on in the Haggadah the children should not be taught the ten makkis, the ten plagues, in order. should not teach it in the order. They should be set in a mixed-up order, which is why the Behuda ultimately puts them in an order, gives them a simon, so the simon should give them an order, but the actual makkis themselves, when they are taught... Only the Leel Seda, they said, and only during the Seda they mentioned in order, because, on Leel Seda it's Leel Shemurim. It's a night of protection. But otherwise, it's too dangerous to mention them in order. Right here. There's no There, So let us... Look forward to the Leel Shimurim to the night of protection, to the night of the Seder of Pesach. We will all sit in Yerushalayim, Nechem, and Azvachim, and Apsachim. And we will all join together with that sheep. I still have first bids on the one in Atlanta, Georgia. And we will all sit together in Yerushalayim, Yerakadosh. And the Shabbos HaGodol will be a very big Shabbos because we will have the very big miracles. Shabbat Shalom, Chag Kasher V'Sameach to all.